This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey guys, Ryan here with Torch Talk Podcast. Did you know that I also run a marketing agency with the absolute best crew? I keep hearing from other garage door companies how their SEO company or their web design company is just not cutting it. We never hear that here. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we work really, really hard for you door guys out there. Check us out, suchandsuchmedia.com. You got the pricing and everything right on the website. Full transparency. And we're going to work really hard because you are the champion of your story. And we just want to be a small part of your success and celebrate it with you. Great customer service. Amazing web design. Phenomenal SEO that's going to get you ranked. Give us a shout such and such media.com. What's up garage door nation. This is Ryan with torsion talk podcast. And, um, I just want to say today is a little bit crazy. Uh, not going to lie. We had, uh, so this morning on my way in at six 50, I got a message. I got a phone call from a friend of mine. We just installed a garage door for, and he, uh, his wife ran into the door last night. And so uh, brand new house, brand new door, uh, clope. And so um, I was really hoping it wasn't bad. Um, but anyway, then get into the office while well, I went and got breakfast. I had my, my uh, kale and tonic as well as my, um, my avocado toast. Yes. I, uh, I was I'm trying to kick it up a notch. One of my recent goals is to eat better and uh, get better and get in shape. Uh, so after that, I was on my way in and uh, got a phone call or text message from one of our field guys. His son is throwing up, not feeling well, so he's got to take him to the doctor. Uh, then when I got to the office, I got another text from uh, another one of my employees who or uh, just well she was actually in the meeting on the conference call she got in a car accident she was sitting still on the highway uh, trying to get off on the on-ramp got slammed to the back and then the that she's the main one on the phones and the backup lady that I have on the phones uh, then called in and said she's throwing up uh, sick with a stomach bug so this morning I have been on the phones um, yeah fun times. Uh, it's been good, but you know what? Here's the thing that would have destroyed me three years ago. And now we like, we just, everybody knew what to do. Everybody stepped up and took care of business. And it was phenomenal. Uh, very little stress, even with all that going on. Um, Bree who got in the car accident was okay. Very little damage to her car, but still, um, just, uh, just, just a little bit of a crazy morning. But, but a testament to my team for pulling it together and stepping up. So uh, I know when we were smaller, it's really more difficult when you have stuff like that happen. But we've gotten to the point where we can shift things around and help out. So uh, really proud of my team. Today, I have uh, someone who I met with uh, previously, uh, Danielle Hamlet. She, um, she's kind of like a, an expert in the field of time management, organization, um, you know, helping business owners uh, deal with stress and, uh, and manage their day better. And I thought she would be a great person to talk to because uh, I not only myself have struggled with a lot of these things we're going to talk about today, but I've also um, in our GDU groups, uh, this is definitely something that we have discussed a lot. And um, it's hard when you feel overwhelmed and uh, you got things coming at you from all different directions you, in our natural response is to just shut down. Um, and she's going to talk a little bit about that and how to overcome it. Uh, I would be willing to bet uh, most, if not everyone that listens to this podcast has dealt with the same thing. So she's going to uh, teach us uh, a little, some tricks on how to, how to prevent that and uh, how to manage it. And so uh, Danielle, how are you today? I'm well. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. And um, we we almost had you as a speaker for virtual door dealer conference. 
we, we had some limited spots and uh, had to make some decisions, but um, I thought that would have been good. Uh, but I'm glad that you were able to come onto the podcast because uh, we, we have a lot of people who could really use your services right now. Uh, so tell me a little bit about you and your background and, uh, and why you chose to do what you do. Sure. So yes, I am Danielle Hamlet. I'm an efficiency and implementation consultant, and I help businesses become more productive and efficient through waste reduction. And waste finds itself in many forms, but I definitely focus in time management, process generation, prioritization, implementation, and inventory, because there's a lot of waste in all of those places. Um, So my story is actually quite interesting. I worked in manufacturing through my 20s. So I um, have been in factories. I've done car tires. So I've made car tires. I've made the the plastic piece on the front of your car when you pull too close to the um, parking block and it goes crunch. Yeah, I made those. Um, and so I've been, you know, do car parts. I did, um, supercomputers. I made the brains for supercomputers and it was always fascinating to me, maybe not as the employee, but it was always fascinating to me, the process of manufacturing facilities. And so that led me to go get my lean six Sigma black belt. I went through all the belts, but that's what that made me do was go into, looking at how can you measure a process? How can you make it better? How can you be more effective in your daily life? And in about 2014, I graduated with all these amazing, awesome, you know, pieces of expensive paper. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't really want to get a job job. My grandmother had just moved to Norman a couple of years prior and I wanted to hang out with her. And someone said, Danielle, you know, I was older you know, through my twenties at this point, it took me three tries to get through college. And so they're like, have you ever thought about starting a business? And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, but I did it anyway. And I got to play around with my grandma. I did, you know, take her to get her nails done, all those things, grocery shop, whatever. I had six great months with her. Um, She was proud of me because she always thought I was better than manufacturer. Yeah. Um, So But so then the business kind of evolved and I realized that these engineering type skills from that Lean Six Sigma certification needs to be in small businesses. Like, why is it just manufacturing has these things? Why is it that just people who can afford it have these things? So my business kind of manifested and it molded. It went through quite a few um, changes until I got where I am now really focusing in on throwing out all those terms like 5S and Kanban and Kata because nobody cares. They just want to fix it. They don't really want to know what it's called. Um, well, at least not the Japanese version of what it's called. Anyway. Right. Like it doesn't, it's not necessary to implement these things. So um, that's really kind of how it all started. And I just, I love being able to see people implement these types of things into their business. And it all starts with time, right? It all starts with time. I have people say, I want to do this, this, and this. Okay. What's stopping you? Well, I have no time. Okay. Tell me about that. So working in that time management field really helps people understand how to organize their time in such a way that they can get the things done that they want to get done to ultimately reach that goal. But here's the problem. I do time blocking classes and they're amazing and they're super fun. I create customized time blocked calendars and they're amazing and they're super fun. And then there's mornings like Ryan had. Yeah. You just throw it all out the window and start. (laughs) Right. It just, okay. It does. It doesn't work like from the morning, but we don't want to throw it all out the window. Yeah. If we have a plan though, when we get, you know, Mike Tyson always said, everybody has a plan to get punched in the mouth. Yep. Um, plans change, right? When you get punched in the mouth, worse than you thought, (laughs) (laughs) right? Oh my gosh. But yeah, but when you get punched in the mouth, what do you do next? Do you throw the baby out with the bathwater or do you look towards a plan to get back on track? Because you and I are still here today, regardless of what your morning was. 
So I think that that's amazing testament to your time management skills, really. Um, but that this was on the schedule. This is the next thing, regardless of what happened earlier. Right. But, you know, with that comes a whole lot of, okay, Danielle, we're going to time block, right? And now we're going to run every single meeting right up back to back. And we're going to take every single phone call and we are going to check every single text messages, emails, phone call, uh, social media text messages, boxer. I can't even name them all, right? WhatsApp. We're going to check them all, all the time. And just so you're clear, oh, really, I probably would have been spinning in circles if it wasn't for my general manager. I was like, all right, bro. Okay. What do we do? And he's like, you and I are going to take the phones. I'm like, good. All right. So we jumped on the phones and then. I was like, uh, and Bree said she could come in. So, but it took two hours for the police officer. And then, um, he was like, bro, I haven't eaten. I'm starving and I'm getting hangry. I'm like, all right, bro, put your order in. I'll go pick it up. So I went and got his smoothie and his breakfast and brought it back to him. Uh, and yeah, dude, I mean, it's like, uh, it, it it's, it was good. It, it felt good because I remember all of this happening when we were smaller and it was not good. <laughs> and so now it's good. It's not good, right. but uh, it, like, like Jocko Willick uh, in his book um, uh, or no, in his video, it's uh, it's like, Oh, we got all these problems. Good. Good. Because now we can, we can recognize how they came about, uh, how prepared are we for them? You know, all of that. So I thought that, yeah, I took that approach and it, it worked really well. Well, and that's, you know, that's also another thing about having people with you that can step up and step forward. It, it is difficult when you are like the onesie twosie team. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. So one, two people, yeah. three people, it makes it, yeah. You have one or two people call in. It is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Um, so let's, uh, we talked about like, uh, fatigue decision. What do you call it? Decision fatigue, decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, I mean, I knew it was a thing, right? I didn't know it had a name, uh, right. but, but we had just bit, we literally just started talking about this in our GDU groups, um, which is garage where you, and, um, and we have like groups of business owners and we're, we're talking about it and I'm, I'm recognizing everybody's talking about, you know, stress and, you know, this and that, and, you know, feeling overwhelmed and, um, having trouble making decisions on what they should do. And, and so, um, you know, I just, I don't know if this was good advice or not, but I was like, look, dude, I would rather make a wrong decision quickly than wait three weeks to make the right decision. Uh, because you're going to figure it out, uh, either way, probably quicker, even if you do it wrong first and then go back and do it right. So, uh, if you can keep your team moving, uh, mm. making decisions quicker, that's what you need. And that'll help dig you out of the hole. Um, and so, uh, good or bad advice. What do you say? It's advice. Um, <laughs> it's nor good or bad, but it's, advice. it's not, it's a very personal thing, right? Because there are actually two different types of decision makers. There's naturally slow decision makers and naturally fast decision makers, but decision fatigue comes in when we mismanage transitions, So what that means is, it's like, you know, when we leave our house to go to work um, before cell phones and things like that, that was a natural transition to kind of get geared up mentally and rest a little before work. And then you um, even after this, after even this podcast, everyone's going to transfer, they're going to transition to something else. What happens is, is we keep going from one thing to the next thing, 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 to the next. And by the time six o'clock comes around, no, honey, I don't know what's for dinner. No, I don't know what I'm doing. And sorry, you know, child of mine, I forgot about your thing tomorrow. Right. I no, I, I have no idea. And so it's all about managing willpower because your willpower actually is not on will call. You can't just drum it up. When you get up every day, you're recharged. You have this set amount of willpower. And as you make decisions throughout your day, as you do things, you use your willpower. And so if you don't manage a transition well, 
like taking a break. Taking a break would be my first tip. As much of an oxymoron as it sounds, but I can get more done if I keep working. No, you can't. Yeah. I actually did tell him take a half a day or a whole day off. And when I return, I'm usually twice as effective. Um, yes. But it feels like you can't, right? right. Like it feels 100%. like, oh my God, the whole world's going to collapse. And there's yes. like, when you take that day off and you actually force yourself to do it and you come back and you're like, wait a minute, the whole world is still here. <laughs> and it's like, right. yes. problems look a little bit smaller. Yes. Nobody. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing about, you know, telling business owners, especially business owners that, you know, started it on their own, built it on their own, scaled it on their own. Everything revolves around me. Um, it's hard for them to take a break, but taking those breaks actually increases your ability to recharge that willpower every day so that you don't go into decision fatigue. Because right. if you have decision fatigue too many days in a row, that's when people shut down. That's when people start yelling and screaming and being crazy town. We don't um, no. And it's not good for teams either. If you're, if you're just barking at your team over and over because you haven't managed your willpower, but you don't know what it's called and you don't know that you have a limited amount. Good news is, is you can recharge it just like the battery on your cell phone. Nice. By shutting down every day, you know, getting good sleep, eating well, like you said, eating well is really good and taking breaks throughout the day. So forcing yourself to back away, um, taking that lunch break, allowing your team. What does a break look that. like? Because I think when you say break, a lot of our guys are probably like, oh, okay, cool. I'll take 10 minutes and make some yeah. phone calls to my guys or, you know, whatever, <laughs> right. right? Like I got to get caught up on my little task list. So I'll take a right. break and do that. Check my email. Check my email. Check yeah. I'll That's a great question. Mail. What is a break? Yes. Like? That's a great question. So a break actually means not doing those things, <laughs> right? <laughs> because a break really is all about resting your brain. It's about resting your body. Um, and so when you check your phone, check your email, do all those things, call my guys, that's not technically a break. You're just shifting into that next thing, mismanaging those transitions. You can take 10 minutes, um, to cruise around outside the building, whatever you got, you know, you can cruise around 10 minutes, get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, come back. No one's going to miss you for 10 minutes. And then your next thing could be, let's check in with the guys or let's, go do this, or let's check my email. But that's the benefit of working with some type of time management mechanism, whether it's a calendar or a checklist is, is after a break, you know, what comes next. Yeah. And so you're not like, okay, I'm done with break. Now what do I do? And it takes you 25 minutes to figure it out. Yeah. ADD. Those transitions <laughs> right? are brutal sometimes. Like uh, I think, that's probably one of my biggest challenges is I get frustrated when I get distracted because I know how long it takes me to get back. Yes. Um, but we've set up, um, so we've got a basketball goal in our warehouse uh, for guys. And, you know, if you're in the office and you need a break, you can go. Basketball is like one of my favorite things because I can go shoot and talk trash to the warehouse guy while he's putting <laughs> stuff up. And I forget all my problems for like 10 right. minutes. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, you can go out and walk around the parking lot, you know, on right. a nice day. So there's little things like that, that, that I try to do, encourage my team to do. Um, but what if you're in a truck all day, like right. you know, you're driving around, you're going to jobs. Um, what, what do you do in that scenario sure. where you have very little downtime? I mean, you do have drive time between, but it can be stressful because mm -hmm. you have stupid idiots pulling out in front of you and right you know, whatever. So how, how do you find that if you're an owner operator and you're in a truck all day? Right. I would say disclaimer, if you're not the owner operator, ask them first. Um, but I would probably say, you know, pull over, Hey, you know, go hang out at a gas station, walk around the gas station. There's all these big, amazing gas stations. It looks like grocery stores at minimum. You could take a, a cruise around those and just take a little bit of a break five to 10 minutes every two hours is not, is, is manageable. I think for the trades industry, you know, I work with people in the trades industry. I work with the construction industry. I do know the immediate 
things people say that they can't do and they can't take a break, but you, you can, you can, you know, go park your truck somewhere safe, take a cruise around a park, take a cruise around a, a big grocery store type of gas station, whatever it is, just be, there is actually a big study about being outside, how taking these little micro breaks, I'd say 10 minute breaks outside, increase your mood, increase your motivation and gets you a little bit of that vitamin D. So I would say, you know, pull over, do those types of things. Um, find some place that you enjoy and maybe find some place. Cause we've got a couple of parks here locally that I love the, you know, the, yeah, the, the guys could kind of steal away to, yeah. we got a park that, you know, you can like walk around it or whatever. People take their dogs, the Frisbees and stuff like that. Um, but I would definitely set a timer because we don't want to get in trouble for taking right. too long when we're parking, hanging out at the park. Um, but I think that'd be a really good suggestion for you guys to just do a couple things differently every day. You know, if you're going to go for lunch, stop for lunch and take a little bit of time instead of eating in the truck while driving, maybe we just take the time and eat in the truck. Deep breath, relax. Sitting. Yeah. Right. Um, what do you yeah. think about listening to radio or anything like that? Maybe while you're sitting in the truck, eating, chilling, how do you feel about that? So I do love personally on my break times, it depends on what it is, but I do love sneaking in a little bit of self-improvement or a little bit of business improvement because it's something else to think about and not react to, because you're not really reacting to what you're listening to. But are you you're just kind of brain rest if you're doing that? Yes. And probably no, but when you talk to people or when I talk to people, I should say, and, and when I talk to people who aren't used to taking breaks, just the idea is so treacherous. They're like, well, 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 I want to do this though. I I, want to do this though. I can't, I I, I can't take 10 minutes. Um, So sometimes if you start them out listening to something, maybe this podcast, right? Maybe this podcast. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. Hold up. We just figured it out. Listen to the biggest, baddest, greatest, most listened to garage door industry podcast in the world. All right, go ahead. Yes. Sorry. Yes, I agree. Um, But that can actually start moving people into taking breaks. So believe it or not, I was one of those people. I did not take breaks. I did not do all of these things until I really started studying time management and efficiency and things like that before I started my business seven years ago. I was that person that just cruised through everything. So what I had to do was I started listening to different podcasts and things, and now my break times don't have those included. I actually schedule that time now for listening to self-improvement tapes or podcasts or books or whatever. And now my breaks are very calm, silent, nice. But sometimes you have to work into it. The concept of just stopping even for 10 minutes for business owners, especially in your industry, it's just a big, tall order. So So, I have a thing that I do. Um, Have you ever heard of Lauren Daigle? No. She's a Christian uh, artist. and She's got some pretty good songs. But when I'm at that point where I've overextended myself, I'll literally mm-hmm. go in the truck, drive around, turn her on and mm-hmm. just drive around the block a couple of times. Um, and I'm like a million times better when that happens. Yeah. Uh, I also have a futon in my office. People are making fun of me, but I take naps. <laughs> um, yes. People hit me up all the time. They're like, Oh my God, bro. I wanted to reach out to you a long time ago, but I know how busy you are. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I just woke up from a nap and That's people are like shocked. Um, but I force it, right? Like you, right. like it's been, I can tell early stages um, when, when I feel like, okay, look, I need direction because mm-hmm. I got a bunch of different things that I need to accomplish today and they're in different directions. Uh, I, so normally what I'll do at that point is stop. I'll lay down on my futon. I'll take a 10 minute break. I'll turn on some Lauren Daigle or just not play a little game on my phone sometimes. Um, and then, uh, and then I'll get back after it. And it's a right. world of difference. Like yes. 
uh, when I get back, I then build my plan for how I'm going to attack the things I've got to finish that day. And then I get to it. And that could, in the mornings, I usually have a plan, but sometimes mm-hmm. that plan gets disrupted. So I have to reset the plan reset. and change it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm a napper too. Um, I have about an hour and a half in the middle of every day. Oh, that's where awesome. I'll... I don't have that much, but that's pretty good. <laughs> Well, I, I obviously don't work in the industry that you work in though yeah. either. So, um, but I'll, I'll have my, my lunch. I'll potentially do some, you know, things around the house, maybe wash some dishes or whatever, and then I'll take a nap and I love to nap. But again, we want to step into these things, you know, getting people to recharge themselves 10 minutes, three to four times a day is sometimes all they can do. And I don't, and, and I really don't want people thinking that because they don't make the time to take naps, they can never take a break. Right. Right. These are things that we have to work into. Um, I didn't start taking naps until probably about a year and a half ago, like consistently. Yeah. Until um, about a year they're and a half best. ago, but they're the best. They are. They are. And it's true. So, what you're doing there is you're recharging your willpower. So, these 10 minutes that we're talking about, recharging your willpower, maybe even a 20 minute lunch recharging your willpower. If you can sneak in a nap, if you're a power napper, some people who are those that can't nap, they have to sleep like three hours. I don't recommend you going yeah, to sleep right. for three hours in the middle of the day. I'll do 20 I don't. minutes and I'm good to go. Me too. But that again, too, is a habit that you've created. Yeah. It's, it's part of creating how to shut yourself down for 20 minutes and then come back up. So these are very advanced, you know, techniques really, even though they seem simple, they sound simple. Um, but just even those four, 10 minute breaks a day would work. Adding in a little bit of a 20 minute lunch would work to increase recharge that willpower, just like the battery on your cell phone. And our lunch too long. It's not, I don't think it is, but I think an hour lunch is a struggle for a lot of people. It's a struggle for me because it doesn't take me an hour to eat. No, it doesn't take me an hour either. But, and that's what people think. Well, lunch break is eating. And so that's why I like to jam other things together, like eating, taking out. <laughs> you can get that done in an hour. Pay some personal bills maybe or whatever. Right. Go right. Urine. Yes. And, me out though, so I don't like to do them. You don't like to do errands. Well, maybe that's your next, um, your next step is to get somebody <laughs> right. to do your errands for you. Yeah, that would be nice. But, but yeah, I mean, that it's just any way that you can recharge your willpower. If an hour lunch, you know, especially if your company affords you the luxury of an hour lunch, I would take it. Don't work during it. Even if you're the owner, it doesn't matter where you are in that organizational chart. If your company affords you an hour lunch and you, you should take it yeah, all day, every day. I think the biggest challenge is like, um, and just playing devil's advocate uh, for business owners and service guys. From my experience, service guys want to get home at a decent hour. Uh, Owners want as much money as possible on the books per day. And, you know, I don't think there's, uh, we only, we, we don't book a lot of calls. So like our service guys get three calls a day. Um, And so they've got some time to be able to go grab lunch and still get off at a decent hour. And that's part of was one of the reasons why we set it up that way. Um, But, you know, I, I do believe like, I don't think there's a whole lot of door companies out there that afford their service guys like a lunch break. Um, And I don't know a whole lot of service guys who probably even care. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, But as far as like owners go, I, I think the best thing you could do is make sure that you block off every single day, 30 to 45 minutes for a lunch break. And uh, if you got time to go grab a bite or eat at the office and then take a 20 minute nap or whatever, then I think the second half of your day would be like twice as production productive. In my opinion, I know I used to um, be in software and it's like the cool thing to do in software to like, have the ping pong table and, you know, little nap pods and stuff like that. And, uh, and so I read a study one time about, um, how Google created nap pods and 
how they saw production go up uh, from people that utilize them uh, because the way that the brain is stimulated after sleep and um, Mm -hmm. over time, how it wears down. And so uh, when you're using a lot of brain power um, that it was a good thing to take a nap. And so they encouraged their employees to utilize the nap pods and to eat healthy. And so they started providing free food and they kind of dictated what they put in there because they wanted it to be healthy food and they wanted their staff to sleep. Um, So I just thought that was like super cool. And, um, you know, here we are telling like garage door guys, go take a nap. So um, full circle, here we are. So tell me, go ahead, Jeff. Can I touch on that for just a second? Yeah. Um, I know working with people in this industry that they want to get done at a decent hour and I know that they want to push through, but there is a cost to every decision. And if you push your guys or allow them to let you allow them to push you, I just want to work through lunch, right? You're increasing a potential for injury. You're increasing a potential for um, horrible quality at the end of the day. You're increasing your potential for callbacks. You're increasing your potential to have to double pay over and over and over again because they're trying to push through and not manage their own willpower and their own ability to function healthily in the industry. And so, um, you know, recently I was with a client and um, in, in a trades industry, and we discovered that there are $45,000 a year being wasted due to a misappropriation of an hour and a half a week. Wow. Like these, the costs are huge. And I don't think that we realize that when owners are making a decision um, about, I'm going to have them, you know what, they want to skip lunch. We're just going to have them skip lunch. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good, man. How are you, Roman? Doing great. I just wanted to reach out and let you guys know how grateful I am that Somer has been a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Yeah, fifth season already. We've had four really good seasons and a lot of good success for us. That's great to hear. At this point, though, I think everybody's pretty much heard of you guys that follow the podcast. What do you think we could say to make your ad stand out for season five? Well, I think we've been working really hard on customer service, making sure that our team and everyone knows all the technical things they need to know to make sure we get uh, the best and quickest service to both homeowners and dealers. Um, We've also been putting a lot of stuff out there to improve product knowledge so that customers know how to, or so that dealers and technicians can know how to troubleshoot or know, you know, what all our operators are capable of, because there's a lot of stuff, even stuff that's not in the manual. And um, we're continually improving the product. We've had a couple of new software releases in the last year. Um, We're continually adding additional accessories, and we've got some even new operators in the pipeline that we're excited about. So you guys got a lot going on. That is great. Am I allowed to talk about how awesome you guys have been through all the shortages and price increases? You guys have been like steady Eddie. Like you didn't skip a beat, no quality issues to my knowledge or anything. Well, summer is a German company. You know, we, we do things slowly, but we're, we try to do them well. That is super true. You guys have a great team and I am so thankful and proud to have you guys as a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Hey, Torsion Talk family. If you haven't tried Somer yet, I challenge you to reach out and start a conversation today. Not only is the product great, but Roman and his team are super knowledgeable. I can call him and troubleshoot or just ask advice because he's been in my shoes. If you're ready to chat with the team at Somer, call 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Swice makes the best bifold door on the market. So when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, Check them out first. As a matter of fact, Bifold security doors are hot right now. If you check out their website, Bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using Bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, Bifold doors, for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you 
Visit bifold.com. That's B-I-F-O-L-D.com. Are huge. And I don't think that we realize that when owners are making a decision um, about, I'm going to have them, you know what, they want to skip lunch. We're just going to have them skip lunch. Well, you're increasing your potential for negative costs. Right. And for me, money waste is a big deal. I, I don't want anybody wasting money. I want people to make all the money they possibly can. I want them to get the vacations that they want. I want them to go and do these things. So they have to know what they're doing and how that could potentially cost every behavior in your business costs you money, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. So on that note, you talked about vacations as a business owner. There's two ways to look at vacations. Number one, it's more work for you because somebody went out of town or two, congratulations, you earned this go rock it out. Right. right. Um, and usually it's one or the other. Um, I know from working in the car industry, uh, automotive industry, sorry, uh, that they w- were really like, they didn't tell you not to take your vacations, but they were like, really, bro? You're putting in your vacation like this time, like now this is the worst time ever. And so it's like, uh, you know, you have this stigma of, you know, you got those people over there and those are the guys that take the vacations. Right. And so it's, uh, it it was always kind of very challenging. And, um, I feel like some of that happens here too in the garage door or the construction industry, home services. And so, um, I think for business owners, they view it as, oh, wait, uh, if this guy leaves, I'm going to have to chip in and carry a little bit of load and I'm already running a business. What do you say to business owners? Like, how can they prepare or how can they figure something out to where when someone goes on vacation, it's not like hell week for them? Right. Um, Planning and process control. Yeah. Planning and process control. So having your processes in place so that people know what they're doing. So typically in a business, each person, especially in a small business that um, when you have a passion, right? You have a passion, you start a business, you may not necessarily be good at writing processes. So each person then, and we've had this discussion, I think, um, each person then has their own things that they do. Well, the problem is, is that nobody really knows what all the things that these people do. Right. So when someone leaves, let, let, let's even say, you know, vacation in the good part, when they leave, leave in the bad part, we don't even know what they did. Right. And then all of a sudden, all these balls are falling through the cracks. And now we're super frustrated. Our willpower is really gone. And we're just screaming at everybody. And we haven't slept in four days. Yep. So it's process control. If you know what everyone is doing, if it is written down clearly, that can be taken over by someone else. Um, Or duties can be split between multiple people. But if we don't really clearly know, have a clear defined role of what each person is doing, then there's no way we can know how to take it over. Right. So it looks bigger than it probably is. So the idea of people taking a vacation is even bigger and more traumatic because we don't have these things in place. That's how I am when someone asked me to fill out a form with a pen and paper or mail something. I'm like, oh my God, no. Like I'll put it off. I'll do everything but that. And then Mm -hmm. I'll get up and walk around and go shoot basketball. I'll come back and then I'll be like, I still don't want to do it. And then I leave. Like I have, uh, I call them uh, brain blocks or mm. allergies. I tell people right. I'm allergic to mailing anything. I can't do it. Sure. Physically cannot do it. And by saying that I'm making it worse, but sure. yes. like I, I honestly, I've my whole life, I've just had a really hard time putting something in an envelope, stamping it and writing on it and like putting it in a mailbox. I don't know why. And it's like, it carries over to other things like paper, mail, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, anything where I like, oh, hey, tax time. I get anxiety, not because I don't know whether I'm going to pay or whatever. So I got to freaking pull reports and print stuff and sign stuff. Like, I hate that. Now, one of the greatest things that ever happened was someone introduced me to a, a Mac and you can honestly like just digitally sign everything. 
And so uh, when people send me stuff and they're like, hey, print this out and sign it, I'm like, cool. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'll just sign it digitally, uh, send it back. And they're like, wow, that was quick. And I'm like, yeah, it was. Um, so I, I, how do you get over like administrative stuff really stresses me out mm-hmm. as a business owner. If we have those things that we just keep postponing and postponing and right. postponing until the point where it's either not important or we need it now. Um, mm-hmm. Like we always, ha- well, I think everybody kind of has those things, right? Um, how do you overcome that to get to the point where that may be, um, I know hypnosis might be one way, um, but <laughs> how do you, how do you overcome that to get to the point where you like just conquer it? Because when I do it, it's like, oh my God, I made that such a big deal. And it really wasn't, right. it, was and it was so easy, but I built it up to be like this huge thing, right? Like, oh my God, I got to put this in an envelope and fill this out and like literally walk to the mailbox and put it in. Right. And like, I in my head, it feels like a lot of work, but I do a million other things. That's 50 times more work than that. Right. In a day. Right. Well, why is that? And how do we overcome it? Well, so, uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Ivan Meisner, he's the founder of BNI. He has this great quote that says work in your flame, not in your wax. So everybody has a flame and everybody has a wax. What we need to figure out is what's our flame and we need to work there and whatever our wax is, we need to delegate it. So, um, you delegate it. I mean, so I've been working since I was six years old and that's not an exaggeration. My parents put me to work in the Tupperware distributorship. And so I got to work as I grew. And so what my parents did was, is they, their wax, what they did like to do, they made me do. So like, even if you can't afford to delegate things to other people, if you've got kids, my parents called us teenage service yeah. units. Um, you know, it's, it's not illegal to make your kids work and it really creates a good work ethic. I mean, there's yeah. nothing better than a child who's worked. Right. Um, but I would definitely say if it is really causing you that much problem, one, you can either eat the frog so I have uh, one of my clients, we do all of her bookkeeping on Monday morning, eat that frog, yeah. get it done. Um, so you could schedule those things that you absolutely hate either in the very beginning, in the very beginning of your week and just get them done. Yeah. I would take a running list of the things that you absolutely hate. And these are going to be the list of things that need to be delegated. Um, like my last quarterly tax payment didn't, was not taken to the mailbox by me. That's a horrible waste of my time to stand in line to, I return receipt request all my tax documents and it's a horrible waste of my time. So I send my assistant to go do it. Good for you. So I have an assistant and it's the best thing I ever did. We actually just had a, um, we just had a show with a company called we recruit well, um, they actually help you find virtual assistants and they're mm-hmm. freaking amazing. Um, at first, like when I thought about that, I was like, oh my God, you know, the type of people that get assistance. Um, and then I'm like, oh my God, I need an assistant. And, and I got to the point where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. Um, I needed somebody to just kind of manage my calendar, you know, make sure I show up to appointments, um, you know, remind me of things that are important. Um, and let me just go, right. Let me do what I do. I'm a visionary. Um, you know, I got a new business plan and idea every week. I need somebody to help tell me, no, Ryan, you're full. You cannot take this on right now. Please do not do this. Uh, otherwise I'll need an assistant. And, uh, so, you know, we've actually joked around my assistant needs an assistant. Um, so it's, it's, uh, I, I, I think, it's undervalued and underappreciated what a, like a virtual assistant or even an assistant uh, in-person assistant can do for you. Uh, but I, I, even if like um, just kind of tying these two podcasts together, I right. think that having an assistant, um, even if it's for a couple hours a week and you just delegate mm-hmm. those things that you talked about, like what we talked about um, and just got rid of a, a small portion of things that feel like big mountains, but someone else could probably knock them out in, you know, 20 minutes. Um, the, the relief that you get from that 
it's just like barriers are knocked down. And even though like, if you don't do that and you, you have those things on your task list, they're still weighing you down, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and so you're, they're in the back of your head and it's, you know, so I think I always go back to, um, I've always wondered why I always try to wear the same thing every day. And, um, I got Mm -hmm. to reading something about how, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, how wakes up every day and literally wears the same outfit every day. And then when they asked him about it, he's like, I I save my brain power for more important things. I don't Mm want to have to think about what I need to wear that day. Um, and, and honestly, like, I think that's pretty, pretty good. Like, um, every decision we make during the day takes energy. It burns energy. Right. And once you to make so many decisions in a day, I think you you exhaust your energy and then you have to have the break and you have to take the nap. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to run at full capacity, you really have to protect yourself and make little small adjustments throughout your day. Maybe it's, you know, wearing the same thing every day. You got a uniform, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I like to spend a couple hours on Sunday evening preparing for the next day or the next, you know, that week. I look mm-hmm. at my schedule. I look how full it is. I look at our revenue and where we, you know, where can I uh, push mm-hmm. to try to get us to where we need to be? Uh, all the important things that I feel like I need to be doing. And, uh, and I go into Monday morning and I'm fully prepared. Right. right. Um, and I know part of my team isn't as prepared uh, they, they did everything they could to get there that morning. They're drug in, you know, like they right. they're just, they're there, right? Like I'm here and that's, you know, be thankful because it took a lot. Right. And so, but if I'm unprepared, then it doesn't go well. Uh, so if I come in, I'm prepared and I'm showing motivation, energy, and excitement, and I've got a plan for the day, then my team mm-hmm. normally, even though they just, you know, some of them may have just like scraped by to get there, they pick it up you know, and they feed right. off my energy and they move on. So, um, I, 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 uh, it's not really a question, but, um, do you have anything, um, do, do you agree like the little decision, the million little decisions that we make during the day, like that burns a lot of energy and focus and, um, uh, so you're not in your head. Yes. So, oh, sure. hundred percent. So, um, just to kind of, all those decisions. Now, I don't, I don't know about wearing the same thing every day. That's, that's definitely a Mm -hmm. different type of person than I. Um, But if it works though, I did, I do remember in manufacturing, we had uniforms. I do remember those uniforms sure were easier. You just plop them on, you know, and you go. Um, But yes, those million little decisions that you do make every single day um, does tax that willpower creates the overwhelm and the overwhelm also comes from the reactivity in business. So when people call in and things happen or their wives at the garage door or when, you know, different things happen, another client, another client of mine, their phones were down, you know, what all these things that happen each day, they do tax you, but having, um, safeguards in place, like this is still my break time, even though the world around me is going insane, I'm going to take 10 minutes to take a breath and, you know, just sit with myself, (laughs) take a breath, and then we can tackle everything later. Um, you know, another thing that is really good because not just the breaks good though, but, oh, my brain's like swirling. (laughs) You need it's to so break. funny. Yeah. I like I do. I have all these thoughts. Like you're getting me like excited. Yeah. Well, um, I want to change gears on you though. Oh no. Are you okay, okay if I completely just change this whole thing into a completely different direction? Okay, I can do it. Yes. All right. So uh we as an industry are really having a hard time right now. Um, and we've spoken to the dealers. We've spoken to the employees. We've talked about, you know, decision fatigue and, you know, time management and things like that. But we have manufacturers who listen to this as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're suffering like a Mm. lot of them. Uh, They're going through a lot. And, you know, for me, I know that they didn't know that this was going to happen, the pandemic and shortages and all that stuff. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of them are just completely sideswiped with no plan mm-hmm. B uh, in place. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just um, been very difficult. Uh, so right. what we're experiencing is extremely times, um, 
you know, you're talking three, four, six. I got, I got some, something I ordered back in January. We still don't have. Um, And so you have manufacturing issues. Um, You've got uh, bad communication coming from them to us uh, or little to no communication. Really the only communication I think we get from a grand scale is, uh, is letters of increased prices. Um, So uh, there's no like, you know, Hey, I'm the president of this company you know, here's what's going on and here's what we're doing to resolve it. There's none of that. And so I'm kind of like kicking and screaming on the podcast and, you know, trying to like, guys, listen, a little PR could go a long way, right? Like, right. Um, but you come from manufacturing and everything's very systematic processes, yes. procedures. Um, it, the thing that really gets me, uh, and I'd like to talk to you a little bit about this is the quality control. Uh, Mm -hmm. because in a time where quality control is probably more critical than ever, like our customers just waited three months for a garage door that they spent freaking eight, 10 grand on. And then we get it and we get to the job site and it's damaged, um, can be very deflating and defeating, uh, for both the customer, the dealer, the installer. And then, you know, you gotta, uh, reach back out to the manufacturer. And I know they don't want to eat the cost of the other sections and reproduce that stuff. So, um, like from a manufacturing perspective, I definitely think if you do work in that area, like, Hey, here's a plug, maybe we could get you in some of these guys. Um, but, but, uh, I I don't, I can't wrap my head around why this is happening at such a grand scale. Um, and how it's been almost two years since this started and it's not getting any better. Uh, Mm -hmm. what is your opinion on, the manufacturing stuff right now, uh, just from the information I provided you? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I know here, um, I hear that here locally as well. And I think that in manufacturing, everything's really systemized on the floor. I do believe that the other parts of manufacturing are not as systemized. So your office staff, your um, things like that aren't as prepared to follow like a process or a system. And so when things do blow up in your face, your floor, your manufacturing floor can only go as fast as they can go, unfortunately, unless you're going to build or buy more equipment. Yeah. That's the bad part, right? Um, when I, you know, I worked for a company that did, well, we did the car parts for Nissan and, you know, we could only go as fast. I actually worked on this machine once and um, I could literally, and they made these stupid little, like, they're like L-shaped parts and like four of them came on the little things. It was only like this big, right? Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to make X amount of these an hour. The machine doesn't spit them out that quickly (laughs) like they wanted 200 an hour 200 doesn't come out of that machine an hour yeah like at all so where's the breakdown there the expectations are set from somewhere probably a financial guy who's like hey in order to be profitable we need to do this many and then they go out and buy a machine that doesn't even produce that much and then they'll go down to the floor and be like hey what are you doing are you slacking what's the problem (laughs) Danielle, are you on break? I mean, how come we're not 200 an hour? You're like, yeah. It doesn't push that out. Like, you know, and then, you know, the person who's working that machine, right. It is all discouraged because of all those things that you just said. I can't make it go any faster. I'm not even supposed to touch the thing. Literally I sit over here and it spits plastic parts out at me. Right. If the machine messes up, I've got to call maintenance to do it. So the floor people can only go as fast as the floor people can go. So I am sorry. And I apologize to all of you owners that are experiencing this for even saying that, yeah. um, <laughs> because I know what that means for you guys. You're not going to get them any faster, Yeah. but that does not mean that the communication can't be better. That does not mean that right. the ordering process can't be better. That does not mean that they can't be received in a fashion that is appropriate to be installed. Yeah. So these are the other, these are the three things that any facility can actually control barring buying new equipment. Yeah. 
Um, and I do think that the management of, so the people in there, like you said, that scenario, Danielle, what are you doing? That actually happened. Danielle, why are you, <laughs> why are you not working? The machine's down. Well, you want me to have swept my area? I've done this. Like, I don't, I don't know. Move my hand. Yeah. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I just, you know, I'm not supposed to touch it. Right. <laughs> You know, beside the, we, we have the checklist, of course, the, the morning checklist, you make sure that all of these things are right on the machine before you start it. And then the afternoon checklist, but that's it. Barring anything else, you know, we can't work on that as, as um, employees or as the, you know, operator of the machine. So I do feel that, um, you know, this actually kind of lends to the conversation I've been hearing about people saying, well, nobody wants to work. Well, I remember in my manufacturing days, so let's actually talk about manufacturing. Yeah. I was treated horribly. I can't imagine what it's like now with all of the pressure, with all of that. And then people just leave. They don't want to be treated that way. Yeah. So I do think those three things that I said that they could control, following up with the orders saying, hey, we haven't forgotten about UPS. Um, but that takes a lot of manpower. That takes a lot of process. And that takes a lot of dedication. And a lot of people aren't taking the time to do it because they don't have it. Right. Right. We all have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but we're misappropriating that time. And maybe we're having too many meetings about how far behind we are instead of actually creating a process to follow up right. with our, with our customers to tell them what's happening or figuring out a way to get things delivered. That's not damaged. Um, because that is, you know, uh, that is their job to get it to you. Yeah, I feel like they're just, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely making the situation worse. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you got like, I think there's probably one or two guys in the industry that's really speaking up from different manufacturers, but all the other right. ones just seem to be like super scared to say anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Because anything they say, they're going to be wrong and they're going to feel that they're wrong because they know that they know that they're behind. Yeah. They know that things are getting delivered and they know that they're getting damaged. And again, behaviors have a cost, but your supply chain should not be absorbing the cost of your bad behavior. Right. Um, and so it's, it is a, it's a, just like with any business, your business, my business, every business, it's a lot bigger of a problem. There's a lot more steps to try to get down to that root cause of that problem. And it's easier to ignore. It's easier to have avoidance behavior because ignore is a really strong word. It's easy to have avoidance behavior, get lost in your email, call a meeting about how we're going to fix it, but not make a plan and implement how we're going to fix it. Right. Those avoidance behaviors are easier than changing what's really happening because change is hard. Um, changing habits is hard. Changing processes is hard. Making processes is hard. Implementing it's hard. It's all hard. So these avoidance behaviors are easier and time goes by faster. So each year. So when I was a kid, I was that kid that was like wanted to do the next thing, like birthday. Christmas, Thanksgiving, summer, whatever. My dad always told me not to wish my life away, that it'll go by really fast. What he didn't tell me is it goes by incrementally faster as you age. <laughs> right. Thanks, dad. So in business, things go by incrementally faster as each year goes. What that means is, is you're all the whole the whole supply chain from manufacturing all the way down, you all are reacting and, um, and just dealing with things as they come. And it's going faster and faster and faster and faster. We've got to stop, yeah. prioritize what we need to prioritize and start executing on what's really the problem. Right. What's really that priority. If getting you guys, the if you can't get the doors any faster, getting you guys doors that you don't have to send back. That needs to be the focus. hundred percent. Like that's where I would put my focus is if you can make yourself efficient in any one area, it would be quality control right. uh, because the lack of quality control is only going to back up your, your manufacturing worse because now you got to go redo something you did and you're already behind. Right. I don't know. It just seems super obvious to me. And I would put like a ton of effort and energy right. into making sure that that's done. 
Listen, Danielle, you have been fabulous. I think this is going to help a lot of business owners out. I hope some manufacturers listen today and that they take something from it and maybe are urged to make a difference and communicate um, to the masses as well as, um, you know, other than telling us that our prices are higher. Um, that would be nice. Uh, like a, we love you. Um, you right. know, guess what? This doesn't include price increase. That would be a great email. Right. I would love that. I think that would be freaking awesome. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, focusing on damage control and, uh, right. and I think it would help you guys out to help us out, help our customers out. And so, um, but listen, decision fatigue is real. Yes. I deal with it all the time. Um, I push through and, and use some of the tactics, but I'm definitely going to uh, implement a few other things. Um, and so I really appreciate Danielle, your time coming on and sharing some of the things. If somebody wants to follow you on social media or learn more or connect yeah. with you or even hire you, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my, let's see, my social, well, my website's daniellehamlet.com. That's Hamlet with two T's. So it's okay. like the play, but I bought an extra T and um, I'm Danielle Hamlet implementation consultant on Facebook at I'm the Danielle Hamlet, I think on Instagram. Um, and so all the ways um, and then, then they can always reach out to you, I suppose, too. And yep. you can just feel free to hand out that info. Um, but yeah, I mean, those the would be the, of the podcast as well to the website. So if you guys want to go on there and I assume there's a phone number or some type of chat or yes. uh, email yes. option. There's both. There's phone numbers, there's schedulers, there's emails on the website for sure. Cool. Danielle, thank you so much. Guys, listen, if you are feeling fatigued, listen to this and implement it. Don't just brush it off because I know how it feels. And I promise you, if you do some of these techniques, it'll change your life forever, make you not feel so overwhelmed and allow you to see things more clearly. And that will help your employees have a better work environment. You'd have a better work environment and your company will be in a better place to grow. So uh, take these, implement them into your business and your daily lives. And um, if you guys are able to check out uh, Danielle's social media, go to her website, check it out. If you guys are interested in hiring her manufacturers, please hire Danielle to come in and help with uh, damage control. So thank you guys. Be safe and have a wonderful, wonderful day.